Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. Each week we gather around the desk of Insight to look at three topics that have caught our eye from the previous week's news. I'm Chris Bowne, the editor of Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by our editorial director, Andrew Sangster. This week, the first thing we're going to talk about is a company called AJ Capital Partners. They were the successful outfit pouring over the McDonald Hotels portfolio that was allegedly a 27 strong portfolio that was up for sale in the summer. Uh, in the end, AJ Capital Partners picked two of the properties, two trophy assets that they have purchased. Um, one of them being in St Andrews where they bought the Rusax Hotel, which they're going to uh, keep and turn into a kind of standalone property. And then in Oxford, they've bought the uh, McDonald's Hotel in the centre of the city there, which they're going to rebrand under their graduate portfolio, something that's uh, not much evident yet in the UK, but is a coming thing. Um, they've got quite a few graduate branded properties in the States. They've bought the uh, F- Doubletree Hotel in Cambridge, which is yet to be have a makeover but will shortly become a graduate hotel and then they'll be doing the same thing with the uh the randolph in oxford uh so andrew an interesting looking outfit yeah i was just wondering do you reckon it's rusax or russox i don't know Ooh. <laughs> anyway um <laughs> someone will let us know <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> correct our scottish pronunciation yes quite um yeah, the thing actually that I found most interesting about this, uh, yeah, what AJ's up to is, is interesting, but more interesting is what McDonald are up to. So I've heard all sorts of whispers chatting to people um, uh, in terms of the, the people that went out there and kicked the tyres on um, on this portfolio of 27 hotels. McDonald were trying to flog off earlier this year. Uh, and one person I spoke to said well look you know the, the problem is that when people get too close to this they think oh this isn't looking very nice we're going to walk away um, <laughs> and that that is a worry um, and just if you look at what's been going on at McDonald lately there is a sort of whiff of uh, of something a bit more serious afoot so they've um, they've changed their year end, so they push that back, which means, of course, they don't have to submit their accounts for another six months or so. Um, their finance director, he, he left the board at the end of May and has um, joined the management wing of Apri Rose, um, Alma Rose, it's called. Um, and you've also there's a couple of um, fixed charges got registered by the Bank of Scotland earlier this year as well. So you put all those bits together, so and it's it starts looking a bit. Ooh, you know, I, I've got a few concerns here. Um, it's hard to say exactly until those numbers do come out from uh, McDonald's until they publish them, which we're not going to see till well into 2020. Yeah, because um, they're, they're, they're part of the squeezed middle, really, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And this was highlighted to me that I went to uh, uh, the UK Hotel Trading Performance Review, which Knight Frank has now turned into an annual event, and um, held in their offices in London. And uh, it was quite interesting the how there is this divergence between 
the good parts of the regions um, and uh, I'll perform to a better term the bad parts so if you're in one of the top 15 markets in the UK your overall profitability is down but but not desperately down so um, in 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 the 12 months to the end of September which is what the figures Knight Frank put up showed um, the, the profitability was down 0.6 percent which you know it, it we could call that flat for the sake of argument however once you get outside of that top 15 you're seeing a decline of 7.6 percent in profitability now that is getting to the point you know of pain and of course there's that's an average and so there's going to be some um, operators who are suffering more than most unfortunately it is the types of properties exactly where where McDonald is um, pitched who are who are going to be suffering and it's the type of properties people like AJ are getting into which is that sort of lifestyle space which is outperforming so I I'm, I'm I think we're gonna see something happening in McDonald in 2020 and they've been through a few ups and downs in the, in the course of of their their history um, and it's going to be um, yeah, yeah I think a lot of people are going to be looking to see where it goes um, next year mm. okay but meantime uh, graduate is is coming soon to a university town or city near you more than likely well, it's coming right near me here in Cambridge actually because <laughs> they just um, the just bought the double tree yeah um, and that's being rebranded as a graduate so Oxford Cambridge and St Andrews so um, well, of course, St Andrews is not actually going to be graduate branded. Ah. No, no, they, they, St Andrews is sort of dropping into a, a little, little mini portfolio that uh, that AJ have got of kind of um, locally branded or non-branded properties. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it didn't fit in with a university. They don't rate St Andrews University. That's surprising. So it's not about no, it's it's not it's not going to be graduate. Learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, they've obviously got their reasons. There we are. Yeah. Uh, now then, on to our next topic, and um, it's uh, those upstarts Airbnb, who have um, uh, taken another step along the path to becoming a legitimate uh, mainstream accommodation provider. They've signed a rather chunky-looking deal with the International Olympic Committee to become the accommodation partner of the Games, the Winter and Summer Games, and. Um, this deal is covering uh, five Olympic events over the next nine years, and the idea is that uh, Airbnb is going to get lots of opportunities to to promote their brand uh, around the uh, host cities, uh, as well as, of course, providing a lot of uh, accommodation to meet the the spike in needs around the games events themselves. Um, there's also a suggestion that. Uh, uh, some of the athletes themselves might actually have a more enjoyable games by by living for for a couple of weeks with the locals rather than be stuck in some uh, <laughs> slightly pokey and uh, uh, accommodation that's perhaps still smelling of wet paint. Um, and uh, so, Andrew, what do you what do you think to this this deal? It's uh, it, it's it's quite a smart one, I reckon. Mm, maybe, um, maybe. So this is the first time Airbnb has really dipped its hands into the marketing coffers and spreading some cash out there. Um, but it, it, it's interesting timing because if the, the comp if it's right that the company is heading towards uh, an IPO uh, next year, or it's not an IPO, just a listing. Actually, it's not going to be. It's very unlikely to be raising new money next year, but it will list, and it needs to list because it's 
it was founded in 2008 and it needs to allow some of its early employees to vest their their, their shares and you know to, to, to be able to cash in after a decade of service at the company so it does need that listing for that purpose so it, I, I, it's hard to see it not going ahead with it um, but this investment in the Olympics is part of a, an uptick in its marketing costs which has pushed it into loss-making territory so in 2018 this is a, a according to a tech in um, tech website called the information based in the US um, usually a very reliable source and they reckon that um, Airbnb just about made money in 2018 18 million US but the first half of this year a whopping 300 million was lost in Q1 and a further 100 million in Q2 revenues are rising but not as quickly as um, expenses. Now, revenues in Q2 are 1.2 billion US dollars, which is pretty pretty impressive. So that's just for the quarter. So that's, you know that's what five billion. It's on course to have five billion US dollar annual turnover. Um, pretty impressive. But 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 the issue it has is that it's costs are rising quickly, and it's heading towards the same problem that Expedia and Booking have. Now Expedia and Booking are having to shell out 10 billion US dollars plus each year in terms of marketing and it, and it's painful for them um, and this is challenging them and this is part of the reason that um, that they got marked down in Q3. Uh, investors are taking a little bit of a fright with them um, and they don't like what they see in terms of the dependence on Google where most of this marketing money is spent. Yeah, so I was thinking the only winner is Google in all this then. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean the good thing here for Air, Airbnb is of course that this isn't money shelled out on Google yeah. but I suspect it's gonna have to start spending that cash um, as it gets more and more into the hotel space now it's already bought hotel tonight clear sign of intent that it wants to get into the hotel space I think now um, uh, you know as it looks ahead and sees actually you know, servicing a 200 room hotel makes far more money than dozens and dozens of the the individually owned properties it has um, so the profitability of servicing in bigger hotels is much greater than these one-off things now everybody says oh look at the super tech it's got but it still counts there is still a cost here to servicing those smaller long tail properties as it's called if you look at booking for example it says that although it now has more um, non-hotels on its on its platform than it has actual hotels it still makes 90% of its income from the hotel side of things um, and it's this bedrock which is the most profitable bit of the business and I think Airbnb wants to tap into that and to tap into that it's going to look more and more like a regular OTA and swing away from actually What's, what its core is and that's going to be a challenge for it. it's going to be quite difficult for it It'll be very interesting how it makes out on that but the good news for hoteliers there's this fight going on which is driving down the um, commission levels so I think commission levels if anything are only going to head further south um, and from a hotelier perspective 
my suggestion would be focus just on your most profitable guests, get them to book direct, and then just use third parties for all the rest. When commission levels are, are getting down into all single digits in some cases, why on earth, you know, it costs more to put somebody um, to acquire a booking through a um, directly than it does to use third-party channels um, if you can get commission levels down to sort of the 10% or 12% which is where where they are at the moment so why wouldn't you take advantage of that all this funny money being splashed around by the tech titans use it and focus on your core business and focus on just keeping hold of the most profitable guests um, you know the 80 20 just the 20 most uh, percent of the most valuable guests who are generating 80 percent of your profits make sure you hang on to them you're secure with them and then use the um, OTAs et al for the other 80 percent now we're going to take a look at uh, outside of the hotel space but at another operational real estate sector um, the niche of student accommodation which uh, still seems to be growing in scale and uh, offering some great opportunities for investors um, albeit uh, away from the UK where the market looks to be maturing uh, and indeed in fact one or two places there look to be a little bit of oversupply um, although some of the agents would dispute that but uh, certainly in the UK we've, we've seen some consolidation plays in terms of big investment deals this year um, and it looks like the uh, the greater opportunities are across mainland European markets. Um, unlike uh, the accommodation sector, where you know it's it's tur tourism and business travel that uh, that that drive hotel demand, um, there are different dynamics in the student market, and it all has to do with uh, which which universities and which countries are offering more attractive conditions for uh, overseas students to come in and uh, and study. Uh, there's apparently been a bit of an uptick in, uh, in courses taught in the English language across uh, European markets. Uh, and then there are other dynamics such as whether local people prefer to stay home with their parents while they're uh, studying uh, and uh, perhaps in, in one or two markets there's some some changes there which are going to drive increasing demand for purpose-built student accommodation over the next few years um, but certainly some some good opportunities out there for those who are of a more adventurous bent when it comes to investing in real estate Absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look at the yields which are out there, um, I think it was Knight Frank um, report on student accommodation said 4% uh, net in initial yields in London, still 6% outside of um, outside of London in the UK provinces. Um, pretty damn attractive actually um, but there are risks out there in this market as you pointed out because there's undoubtedly some saturated markets and it's interesting when you look at this as one of the things that one of the people you, you spoke to Chris um, pointed out that uh, actually you're only going to get just over a third are going to be purpose-built student accommodation the investable bit of this market if you like because universities themselves have so much accommodation so I live in Cambridge as we've already said on this podcast and Cambridge University actually puts up nearly all of its students itself it doesn't have any need for purpose-built student accommodation um, the the PBSA in Cambridge is for the former Polytechnic um, Anglia Ruskin and other non-Cambridge University colleges um, sort of language colleges and sixth form colleges and all this kind of stuff which there's uh, there's quite a number here um, so uh, so 
with that, and you can see that's going to be the case, Oxford and some other very established universities um, who have have the control of that and that that means really that you've, you've got a fairly limited market which is actually already hit probably saturation point where it's a market now if we look at the uk market unlikely to add more unlike say the tourism market which is continuing to grow we all know the great tailwinds in the tourism market you've got five percent or so four percent depending on which market you're in but you've, you've got you've got a growing market growing demand that is not the case for students um depending on how it evolves i mean if if we have a change of government if say the Labour Party gets in and it introduces a completely different way of funding higher education the result of that in Scotland was to see a significant decrease in numbers of students were that to happen in England um, this would create a huge crisis um, in in, in in student accommodation this this investable bit of student accommodation market I don't think that's going to happen I'm not going to get into the politics of it we'll, we'll wait and see but um but i think what we have got if, we, if i put my hotel hat on now so what what is it that drives returns for an operator in hotel so you've got three principal things you've got net unit growth which we bang on about with all of the the global operators in hotels so net unit growth effectively that's zero right if we if we say this marketplace unless you they're going to be taking over other um unit which we'll see a bit of consolidation so we may see some of that going on actually but overall the market itself is, is not growing so that's not a lever which is very easy to pull royalty rates well a lot of student housing is still owner operated that's not particularly relevant in this marketplace so the final bit really is to drive up the equivalent of revpar now i don't think they're going to be able to push up the price they're charging students but an area they can look at is occupancy I would argue so if we look at student accommodation it's only absolutely necessary for 30 weeks of the year that leaves 22 weeks and certainly there's very long summer holidays and these properties can be yield managed more effectively I would argue um, and this is where you know we're, we're banging on about um, the hotelization of real estate it's a hotel like understanding of how to exploit the opportunities in these markets which are going to come in here there's, a, there's another trend here which is also uh, another couple of trends actually which is um, pushing this market more and more towards a sort of hotel type uh, way of doing things and um, um, uh, one of the student data uh, providers uh, Bonnard um, they talk about uh, two super trends one is increasing demand for amenities so this is stuff you know um, this is like a concierge type service for the students even stuff like um, having a PlayStation room and stuff like this common areas more common areas so there's a trend towards that and there's a trend towards developing blended structures so you've got student housing alongside micro living alongside maybe co-living possibly alongside hotels blah 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 this mixed-use thing again this is something which um, hotel 
developers in particular have a lot more experience That's something that the, the student um, hotel brand is is doing quite successfully isn't it in uh, across certain mainland european yeah, markets absolutely yeah. absolutely that is one you know and there are other <laughs> brands available um and we're going to see more brands available actually and i think it's and, and you go and talk to some of the capital sources out there you have a chat with them how they're looking at this and they're seeing opportunities for management contract type moves for being a special building a brand because those brands are the ones which are going to in in a, in a tight market they're the ones which are going to survive so it, it is it is becoming hotelized gosh that's a great word isn't it Excellent. It works. Okay, and on that note, on that positive note, uh, we thank you for listening and say bye for now.